Midnight Express theme, such an old school theme. I just go figured I'd go ahead and let that one play all the way. It wasn't that long anyway. It was like two minutes. Anyway, uh, this is Toph coming at you again with a new episode of Unpopular Special Edition on Tuesday. Apologies for the unusual schedule. What happened for me, everything's okay here. Um, you know, I think everybody knows about Hurricane Dorian. I believe it's, I think it's like up near Greenland now. You know, it was in the Atlantic Ocean, and um, it was moving slowly, and, and then it unfortunately gained strength to a Category 5. And the original track that they had, you know, when they do the hurricane models, was they uh, predicted it to go to uh, the southern tip of Florida, like through Miami, go through central Florida, and to the uh, border of Alabama and Georgia, and then go through central Georgia, which is kind of like in the heart of where I'm at. And they have projected it to be either a Category 2 or 3 by the time it got here. So that wasn't good at all. Of course, you know, hurricanes are unpredictable. They can change. And what ended up happening was it took a, a kind of a, a swing to the northwest, missing Puerto Rico. And unfortunately, it hit the Bahamas directly. And uh, from what I understand, I think like 90% of the Bahamas is almost like wiped off the map, which is very unfortunate. And there's two more storms out there in the Atlantic that are still forming. Uh, it is what it is, man. Hurricanes happen this time of year. So what ended up happening here was, you know, because of the hurricane scares and because of how it is in the media, they still um, tell people to get ready and, you know, get their supplies and stuff like that. So people were still shopping on, you know, as if it was coming here. And what made Hurricane Dorian different from other hurricanes was it was going at one point when it was a Category 5, it was literally going one mile per hour. So it was just standing there, not going anywhere. That's why the Bahamas got, you know, destroyed so badly. Imagine storms in your area where wind speeds are like over 100 miles per hour and it's just raining constantly for like two days straight. That's unfortunately what happened to Bahamas. So it went off the northeast coast of Florida, and basically it was like hugging the coast of Florida, Georgia, not really hitting us directly, but kind of hitting us. And it hit a little bit of the Carolinas and uh, North Carolina, Virginia, some areas up there got hit. Uh, I saw there was even like a tornado somewhere not far off the New York coast in John's area. I don't think that was related to the hurricane, though. But what some folks don't know about my area is that uh, central Georgia is actually a refuge for hurricane victims. So, like, when there's a hurricane coming near, like, the Bahamas or Puerto Rico or Florida, they actually send a lot of the victims here as refugees. You know, they'll go ahead and close down school and stuff. And about four or five years ago, I got my CERT, which stands for Communication Emergency Response Team. I got my certificate in that, and they train us in stuff like worst-case scenarios, disasters like earthquakes, uh, hurricanes, terrorist attacks, stuff like that. You know, it's one of those things they train you in, and you hope that you never have to use those skills, but kind of deep down in your stomach, you know one day it will come. So I got summoned, and because of that, I had to go down there and, you know, help out with, you know, like the water and the food and stuff like that. It was pretty chill. So thankfully, ultimately, nothing happened here, but unfortunately, the Bahamas did get hit directly. I've never been to the Bahamas personally, but my mom went there many years ago before I was born, and I've always heard good things. So uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody out there who was affected. Sorry for this long intro, but uh, I just had to explain, you know, why we're doing this unusual thing on Tuesdays. Though I don't mind doing the show on Tuesdays because this way we can at least talk about what happened at Raw, which is different. So anyway, uh, long intro aside, 
I'm going to go ahead and bring in JCD. But before I bring in JCD, go to go ahead and pay the bills. Uh, my Twitter tag is at Tof Knows Best. And if you'd like to call in, the number is 347-205-9868. That's 347-205-9868. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and bring in John. Uh, hey, man, sorry for the long intro. Uh, how are you doing today, John? No, it's fine. Oh, oh, wait. No, no, no. Sorry. Let me turn off my radio. Um, no, that's fine. Um, okay. Um, no, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, it's something else. I, you know, you were talking about the Bahamas and everything real quick. I went there one time and I went there in 2012 and it was just an amazing time. And it, it served as almost like partially a healing type trip because it was right after, um, my wife suffered, uh, a really brutal miscarriage. We had twins and like five months in, no one could explain why, but there was an infection Mm and my wife continued with the pregnancy. She risked being septic. And it was just, it was, I mean, it was brutal. It was, it was brutal. And, you know, so we used that trip as kind of to put that behind us. And then right after that trip, my wife got pregnant with my first son. So, you know, it was such, and it was such a good time. I mean, you know, we met a couple of great, you know, couples out there, and it was just such a good time. And it, it's a shame. I hope, you know, they get, you know, everything, you know, going. It's going to take time, but, you know, that that sucks about the Bahamas. Um, so, but well, yeah. you know, on a positive note, on a positive note, I don't know if your wife ever looked at it this way, but you know, you have two sons now, correct? So in oh, a way, yeah. it's like listen, you guys, listen, it's I, like your I, twins I are like reborn, this. you know? As much as what happened sucked, and believe me, it did. And I do not, I would never wish that on anybody. That's why, I don't know if you remember, when we were doing shows, right or, right after it came out, that karma like quietly got released, you know, and I kept telling you guys, trust me, I get, you know, you, get, you know, I get what she's because she had suffered. I think she suffered a miscarriage at the livery, which is like yeah, yeah, that's I how it happens. I can't even imagine what that what that's like. I mean, you, you know, here you are thinking you're about you know you're minutes away from delivering you know this beautiful bait, and you know something something goes you know south on it. I, I can never imagine what that would be like. Um. So it was around that time, but I mean, yeah, I mean, the Bahamas, like, yeah, like you said, you know, I mean, I would never, you know, as much as it sucks, I wouldn't trade it for, I wouldn't change anything because, yeah, I, you know, I got my guys now and there's nothing that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no scenario where I can picture my life without, you know, wanting to have them be in it. But, uh, you know, on a more positive note, you know. Oh. Well, we got a yeah. we got a goofy note to uh we got a, a goofy note to start off the show. I'm gonna start a new okay. segment. This segment will be inconsistent. I'm not gonna do it every week. I'm just gonna do it every so often. Okay. Whenever a, a humorous story, I'm gonna call this uh, segment "Old Man Meltzer." You know, a lot of times on <laughs> social media, uh, a lot of times on on uh, social media, there's a term that goes around where we call Dave Meltzer. Uncle Dave, and somewhere yep. along the way, this 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 term seems to have gotten lost in translation. Some people that hate Dave Meltzer, they think that Uncle Dave is a, is a term of endearment. So I'm here to tell anybody that's listening, 
who is not a fan of Dave Meltzer, Uncle Dave is not a term of endearment. It's a joke. Um, I don't care who you are. At some point in your life, you've gone to a family reunion, a Thanksgiving uh, dinner, a Christmas dinner, New Year's Eve dinner. I don't care. You, you've gone to some type of family occasion at some point in your life. And when you go there, everybody's cool. Your mom's cool. Your dad's cool. Your brother's cool. Your sister's cool. Your cousin's cool. Everybody's there except that one uncle or that one auntie who's just off their rocker. They don't really know what they're talking about. They kind of rant. They talk about yesterday and tomorrow, and they're kind of all over the place, but you love them anyway because they're your uncle and because they're your auntie. And so that's where the term Uncle Dave came from because a lot of times when Dave is just when, – when, when Dave – when he's just doing a review on a show, like, for instance, if I'm just listening to Dave talk about Monday Night Raw from beginning to end, where he's just talking about the matches, that Dave is fine. But when Dave starts speculating about the future and who's going where and who's being buried, and sometimes Dave is just all over the fucking place, and he has no clue what he's talking about. And that's okay, because we as fans at times – also have no clue what we're talking about. And a lot of times we joke at ourselves about that. It's just because he's Dave Meltzer, for some reason, instead of just admitting at times he doesn't know, he will go ahead and just make a blind statement with no, uh, I guess you could say, evidence. So in case you don't know where I'm going with this, most recently we had a SmackDown episode that didn't have Shane McMahon. And then uh, Dave was asked on The Observer how come Shane wasn't featured, not that anybody was complaining because we're kind of tired of Shane. And then Dave went on to say foolishly that he wasn't on the show because creative had nothing for him. Turns out, of all things, Shane McMahon was at a jury duty. Can you imagine that? You're going to fucking jury duty, and then you see the best in the world, Shane McMahon, skipping and hopping. And I would just like to say that jury duty can be a positive experience when you're with the right people. Jury duty can be like the breakfast club when you meet the right – I've made close friends out of jury duty. I know it's fucking annoying. You have that good day, you check the letter, and it's got the jury duty summoning, and you're like, fuck me, because you don't want to do it. But with the right crowd, it can be a great experience. But Shane McMahon was at a fucking jury duty. I have the picture to prove it, because I'm friends with the guy that, made, that met Shane at the jury duty. And I'm going to post this on PWP Nation immediately after the show. As a matter of fact, I'm going to let John comment on this in a minute. And I'll post it as John is talking, so folks can know I'm not bullshitting. It's not Photoshop. And uh, that's what happened. So Shane McMahon was at jury duty, and that's why he was not on the show. And Dave is not <laughs> retracting his statement. He still goes on to say that creative had nothing for him. No, Dave, no, Uncle Dave. Shane wasn't there because he had jury duty. And you know how unpredictable jury duty is? It's fucking random. Maybe they'll choose you. Maybe they won't choose you. So you can't, comf- you can't confidently say, I'll be back. Like if your jury duty starts at 9 a.m., you can't say that you'll be there at 9 p.m. because you don't know if you'll get picked. And if you do get picked, the case could go an hour or it could go two weeks because that's just how the court system works. So Shane did the smart thing and probably told Vince or whoever the fuck was in charge, yo, I got jury duty, and not even the, the, the billion-dollar prince is immune <laughs> to fucking being summoned, which is great. Anyway, that's what happened. Shane had jury duty. He'll be on SmackDown tonight like everybody else will, and I just want to call this the Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave, stop being the crazy uncle, and sometimes just admit you don't know what the fuck is going on. You don't know who's going to win the Royal Rumble. You don't know what the main event's going to be. You don't know Naito's status. 
So stop bullshitting. And if you don't know, just say you don't know. Stop being Dave. Stop being Uncle Dave. And that, my friends, is the Uncle Dave segment. It will be inconsistent, and I will do it every so often, every time Dave does something stupid. And, okay, I'm going to let John talk, and, you know, you can do whatever your intro is. And while you're doing that, I'm going to post a picture on PWP Nation so fans know I'm not bullshitting. This is a legit story. I'm not making this up. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got for right now. You, you, you should post it on Twitter and tag Meltzer in it. <laughs> I might do that. You should, because if you don't, I will. I mean, that's the ultimate, like, come on, man. Like, you know, I mean, <laughs> Meltzer, poor – I, I, I don't know where Dave's at at this point. You know, I mean, I, I know, and I'm not trying to go down this road and start this rant, but I know he wants to be really deep into being a Cody guy. And I, I know that involves like, you know, all the other, you know, whatever that entails, you know, bowing down and, you know, and making everything else seem like it's a, like it's a mess, or whatever. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, if you don't know, I mean, don't, you know, stop making shit up. I mean, that, that, that would, you know, and then, I mean, creatively, he always hides behind the whole, well, plans change at the last minute. Remember, he was the guy up until 11 o'clock on that March, I think it was March 3rd, Chicago Raw, swore up and down, Punk was showing up. And then Tuesday morning turned around and actually said, well, Something must have changed. Dude, he was never showing up to that show. Like, you know, I mean, and this isn't about Pug. It's just, but it's not just Meltzer. It's all these guys. It's Saturn. It's Alvarez. It's Labar. It's all these guys who post this bullshit and then, you know, hide behind the, oh, well, plans must have changed the last minute. You know, it's fucking Shane McMahon. There will never be an instance where creative, and I'm not defending Shane being on TV by any means whatsoever, but there will never be an instance where any McMahon will not be on TV because, oh, well, creative's got nothing for him. You know, like, I mean, come on. Like, it's just fucking common sense, okay? You know, but yeah, whatever, you know. Meltzer, you know, he, he's. I worry about Dave. I really do. I think his obsession with, you know, wanting to be certain people's right hand guy, and he's done it. If you look at his history, he was all he was all everything New Japan, you know. And then oh, you know, Kenny could take a shit, and it was a five star shit, you know. And now it's obvious he's up Cody's fucking ass. Like, Nelson just needs to fucking stop. But you know what the problem is? People subscribe. As long as people keep paying, what is it, seven ninety nine a month for the Wrestling Observer newsletter shit? You know, yeah. just, to be to- just to be told, oh, at the last minute, plans changed. Okay, so you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a newsletter. I'm going to write total bullshit. And then when people call me out on it, oh, well, plans must have changed. I mean, it's like, come on, man. You know, like, enough already. You know, but whatever. Dave, Dave's fucking Dave. You know, let him, you know, bless his little heart. God love him. <laughs> you know, he's got his, he's got his circle and, you know, good for him. You know, he's, 
got to be near 60 years old, acting like he's a 21-year-old, you know, whatever. That works for you, good for you, man. <laughs> you know. So, anyway. Yeah, pretty nice. <laughs> you know, wh- 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 where, where are we going first? <laughs> uh, well, uh, we kind of had an open forum this week. This was kind of impromptu. Okay. Uh, did you, did you, you watch know, uh, Overall did last you- night? Yeah, I did. I, I caught the DVR uh, replay. I saw the whole show. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, okay. Let me know. I think Raw, other than the fact that Austin did not get laid out by Wyatt, I thought for the most part, I thought Raw was a pretty good show last night. Like, I was watching it, and I, I say this in the PWP chat, especially with Aaron a lot. To me, what what tells the story of a show is when you look at the clock and you see what time it is. And when you look at a clock and you feel like you've been watching a show for three hours and it's only 8.40, that's never a good thing. But when you look at the clock and feel like you've been watching a show for 20 minutes and it's already 10.30, that tells you it's not a chore to get through. And I thought last night, you know, maybe because it was MSG and, you know, I mean, the crowd was pretty pretty good, although they were douchey during the main event, of course. You know, but I, I thought the crowd was alive for a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I, I thought it was a good show. And, and that let me tell you something. That's a great thought for Cedric. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, even if Cedric – I'm imagining that's going to get added on Sunday, Cedric AJ, for the U.S. title. I, I don't expect Cedric to win the title. But, I mean <clears> – <throat> I don't think Cedric losing the title match to AJ will kill anything. I think last night was a great. great well, before great we go into, into that in and, and, and detail, a lot of younger fans keep asking this. It's a it's a reasonable question. I think a lot of older fans know this already, but younger fans who may not be in the know, the classic old aisle that MSG used to have is gone, unfortunately. Yeah, yes, it looked much better. I I wish they would go back to it, but it is what it is. So a lot of fans genuinely don't notice, only because WWE doesn't go there that much, at least on live TV anymore. So, you know, the people that live in New York like you, you guys know this. Even at the live events, they're not using it anymore. They're using the regular house show ramp and little setup. I hate that. Mm -hmm. I love that split of the crowd side aisle. And they used it for that... For that Raw in 2009, they, yeah, that was yeah, the, they, did. they used it. I, I think that was the last time they used it. You know, I haven't mm-hmm. been to every house show since because they go like once a year. No, they, I'm sorry. They go twice a year. They go once in the summer, and then they go once like the day after Christmas. That's like a tradition. Um, but mm-hmm. I know the last couple of years I've gone, they've been using more of a traditional um, – stage and, and set up. They're not even using it. I mean, go back and watch on the network. I mean, part of the thrill was seeing like that backstage little area and then walking out that quick, small side aisle. Right. I think it was right. great. Man. Yeah. 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 You're right. That but, is- uh, when, but when Ross started at the very beginning, they had the, the zoom out and, uh, so where you could see the whole arena. So for that split second at the very beginning for like those five seconds where it showed the old arena, you could visibly see from the ceiling dome that that was MSG because, you know, because the ceiling has a very trademark yeah. 
look to it. You know, but then once the camera zoomed in, it kind of just looked like another show. But you could still see that it was a lot a bigger arena than than normal. But anyway, that's I, just for any of the people, younger fans. And I know people that were there. I know people that were there. And despite what, you know, certain people on the Internet want you to think, the, the, the side where the camera is had empty seats. But other than that, despite the fact that it hit StubHub, that, that, that building, for what you would want sold as far as tickets go, that thing was as close to a sellout minus the camera stuff that you're you're gonna get. I mean, they I, I like I said, I know people that were actually there and weren't posting pictures at six thirty when they got in there showing a three quarter empty arena. That building was fucking packed last night. Yeah, well on to your your first point. Um like I said, I already I already came to peace with this years ago. Um, I already knew that Bray wasn't attacking Austin, mainly because, honestly, the last angle that Austin was in, it's been over ten years. Austin, yeah. There's there's two types of there's two types of legends in WWE. There's legends that come back and will participate in an angle. And then there's legends that really just show up for a pop and for a rating. And Austin yeah. is one of those. He, he's the latter. That's that's what he's for. I have to think, I think the last angle that, like, he was legit physical with was the Goldberg-Lesnar stuff in 2004. Yeah. I remember, I yeah. think that was it. I, I remember there was, like, yep. a SmackDown where him and Lesnar brawled for, like, five minutes or something. Yeah. So, yeah, and that After, even wasn't supposed to happen. That was the go-home mania, and the only reason yeah. why that happened was because that was the show where Lesnar pretty much gave notice and said, I'm leaving mm-hmm. after Sunday. So they wanted to, like, that's why, that's where they did that whole thing where the roster came out, and it looked like, you know, it was going to be SmackDown protecting Lesnar against Austin being from Raw, and the roster splits the aisle. Austin walks through. And then what gets lost in all that is the show after WrestleMania 20, not Raw, but SmackDown. Heyman cuts a promo, and he actually includes that in the promo. He's like, Brock, he's like the rumor, he's, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, yeah, the rumors are true. Brock Lesnar has left WWE because he felt he didn't have the support of the, of his, and the respect of the SmackDown superstars. And then that was it. And then Heyman went into his, you know, whatever they were right. pushing, promoting. as a, But it was mm-hmm. something, it was cool because it was something so simple that they were able to actually, like, go back to that they were like, okay, you know, two plus two, it equals four here, you know. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that was the last and time. I- like, he took, he took an F5 on a Raw. I remember Lesnar showed up on a Raw yeah. on F5 mm-hmm. Austin. After that, um, remember there was Goldberg that weird. Accidentally speared him. Yeah, that was like Just in two thousand three. Like, was it okay? I, I, you know, but then yeah. after that, Austin has not. That's it. Mm-hmm. Taken he doesn't anything. take bumps anymore. Right after no, that, and, uh, and the only reason I remember why I the out, I, I remember the coach thing. Remember the coach thing where uh, it was coach versus Austin. It was supposed to be coach versus some, Austin for Jim Ross's job. 
right, and then Steve said no, and then they got Batista. And pretty much since then, every time Steve has showed up, it's just for a nostalgia pop and a rating. Uh, but to turn a negative into a positive, um, Undertaker is uh, going to be on SmackDown. They're going to be in MSG. And yep. it only makes sense for – because when I heard that Taker was going to be on SmackDown, that was my first thought when they first announced this. It only makes sense because so far Bray has attacked – Hall of Famers and Legends. So to those that are keeping track, he attacked, well, first it was Finn Balor. Then it was Kurt Angle. Then it was Mick Foley. Then it was Jerry DeKing Lawler. So he's going after Legends. He's not attacking regular people. It's just Legends. So Taker, he's not a Hall of Famer, but he will be, and he's a Legend. Uh, He's going to be in Madison Square Garden, an arena that he's known for. He's had many famous matches here, so it only makes sense for Taker to come out. He's going to get a microphone. He's going to say something. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody really realized this. The segment last night with the alarm clock. Okay? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, well, why did they change it to 11-19? Undertaker debuted November 19th. Yeah, yeah, Bray would do that. He's very creative that way. Always got yeah, messages and innuendos. The only reason why I thought maybe Austin last night, and and you're right 100%. You are 100% right about, you know, Austin and, you know, he really doesn't do anything, is Austin's mm-hmm. a fan of Bray. Austin is a fan yeah. of Bray. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. the only reason why. It wasn't, you know... It wasn't like, you know, you were asking Austin to go, you know, take an end of days or a D6 from Corbin. Right. This is a guy that Austin has advocated for on his podcast in, in the past. So that was the only reason why I was like, you know, I mean, the best way to advocate for someone is to maybe is to do something with them. Now, you know? now just, just so we're clear to, to fans, I want to make a point. If Steve wanted to, he could get in the ring tomorrow. I don't know if anybody watches that new show he has. He does have a ring. Yeah. He talks about it on his podcast. And he goes in there, I don't know, like not on a regular basis, but on a semi-regular basis, he goes in there and he'll take bumps. Really cool. Um, shit, what's his name? Uh, he had a really great run at the G1 this year. Um, Lance Archer. Lance Archer, big yes. man. Uh, yes, Archer he, was on he, he was, show, yeah. Right, right. Uh, that, was, that was a great rub for Archer. Steve, is a, he's a big Archer fan, so uh, – him and yeah. Steve, when, whenever Steve feels like, um, whenever Steve wants to work out, um, Archer is his partner. So him and him and Archer are good friends, and so him and Archer will train together. So if Steve, mm-hmm. if he wanted to, he could get in the ring and just, um, he could wrestle. The best analogy I have for Steve, Steve is like, he's like, I don't know if anyone's seen that Die Hard movie, the first Die Hard, the one with, uh, with uh, <laughs> being serious with Bruce Willis. And Carl Winslow. You remember the guy that played Carl Winslow was the cop yeah. that was talking to yeah. him? Yeah. If you remember in the movie, um, I believe the, I believe uh, Carl Winslow cop, I'm just calling him Carl Winslow because I forgot his name in the movie. But yeah. if I remember correctly, I think uh, I think his story was is that he accidentally killed a kid. And after yeah. accidentally killing a kid, he made an oath to never pick up the gun again uh, unless he had to. And, and at the very end of the movie, the, one of the crazy terrorists that survived 
but was about to attack McLean and his wife, and then Carl Winslow pulled out his right and and shot him. Steve is like that. Steve is like that. He's got one bullet left, and he could fire it if he wanted to. He just chooses not to. And in my opinion, the only person that he was ever going to shoot that bullet with was Punk. Punk. That was it. Mm-hmm. Literally Punk and nobody else. And so once Punk basically left in the way he did, any dream and possibility of Austin coming back died with it. But I mm-hmm. truly believe if, if Austin wanted to, he, he could get in the ring. He's still in great shape. Uh, his neck has recovered as much as it possibly could recover. But anyway, plus which, uh, transitioning plus back to Taker. Real quick, right, though, right. just to finish up on him. You know, everyone has to remember, 2003, while, yes, it was 16 years ago, is not a terribly long amount of time, but medically and technology-wise, it's a fucking, it might as well be the 1940s. So, you know, all the fears and stuff with his neck that he had then, and that forced him to retire suddenly then, I'm not saying, you know, they could fix it 100% now, heaven forbid, if something went wrong. But I think there would be more options in the sense of, okay, Steve, but if something happened, now we can do this. You know, we can do that. You know, know, and I, I think... You know, I'm not saying I want Austin to take a tombstone or a power bomb, but yeah, Austin could probably take some bumps. I think that's why you're seeing this edge push that started around SummerSlam. That's also another mm-hmm. reason why you're starting to see that. You know, because again, and again, 2011, while only eight years ago, Again, might as well be the 1970s as far as medical technology and and stuff goes in in some cases. So, I mean, like I said, you know, to close the book on Austin, the only reason why I thought I would is because he's a big advocate of Wyatt. And I thought when he came out at the end, I was like, okay, these guys are going to leave. He's going to do his beer thing and the lights are going to go off. Like, I, I was hooked on it. And then when it didn't ha- once they all were still in there, I was like, all right, it's not happening. And then I clicked back. I'm like, but he's going to go after Taker tonight. I'm fully convinced he's going after Taker tonight. If he yeah, yeah, it, that's, that's got to be the plan. So, yeah, uh, it's just got to be. Uh, and again, uh, I've been I, I've been very patient and I've I've waited long enough. I'm not holding back anymore. Uh, it's 2019 now. Um, and. You know, the streak ended in 2014, and more than enough time has gone by. And so I'm just going to go ahead, and I'm just going to go ahead and just call out Taker on his shit. Um, many people feel that Bray was was ruined by Cena, and I've talked about this with you before. Um, Cena beating Bray did not bother me because I compared that match to the Dark Knight Batman versus Joker. Joker... At any, at any point, Joker's never cared about money. He's never cared about power. Joker's just out to prove that there's no such thing as a good man. And, that, and, and at the end of it, at the heart of it, 
everybody's just selfish and they care about themselves. And the context right. of that story between Bray and Cena, Bray had no interest beating Cena. He just wanted to prove to fans that this whole loyalty, hustle, respect, C-Nation stuff isn't real, it's not genuine. It, right, right. So everything they did to the build-up to the match itself, like if I had a time machine, I wouldn't have changed anything, you know, where they were trying to no, get Cena to use a chair. The, the feud actually called for Cena to win at WrestleMania. With the way the early part of that story was going, it called mm-hmm. for Cena, unless you were going to turn Cena heel, which they weren't, it called for Cena to overcome at, and win at Mania. You're right. Cena's right. not the problem. What it, Even right. WrestleMania what I 31, did, WrestleMania 31 was not the problem. The problem was the Survivor Series. everything in the fall. That's where because I understand what they were going for with thirty one. You know they were smart. They hadn't Taker had not been around since thirty. It was, that was great. And the way they were mm-hmm. like, what what type of Undertaker are we going to get? Is he broken? Is he this? Is he that? I have no problem with Taker coming back at thirty one and beating Wyatt. It was everything that happened post Lesnar feud. That that pissed me off, and that's right. And, and to just add more him, to he it, put him over. And just and just and just to you know, some fans may have forgotten this, but I haven't forgotten it as well, because there were two other side things that happened that pissed off a lot of fans at the time, and a lot of questionable decisions and whether they were the right moves or the wrong moves. I mean, that's another debate for another day. But there were two people that they sacrificed, and I remember. Um, during the summer of 2014, you know, Ambrose Rollins was, was the feud of the summer. And when they had the blow-off in the Hell in a Cell, it ended with Bray interfering, costing Ambrose the match. At the time, right. fans were pissed because they felt like the Rollins-Ambrose feud was left inconclusive. At the time, as mm-hmm. a fan, I gave it the benefit of the doubt because fans got to remember when Kane debuted, he also interfered, and Taker, Shawn Michaels, yeah. and that worked. That that led to their feud. Taker finished his business with HBK at the beginning of the following year. You know, so at the time I was but like, let's wait and see, let's and, wait and, and see. And that was the cool thing. They, you know, they were always intertwined. Taker was was right. trying to fend off Kane, then, but he wanted Michaels, and then Kane was interfering in that like. He did a good job of intertwining it. And right, but with this time, I, with, with, with Bray and, and Ambrose, that was it. Like, that was the end of, of Ambrose and Rollins at that point in time. They moved Rollins on. They sacrificed Ambrose's momentum. I remember a lot of Ambrose fans didn't like that. And then the red flag, and I remember this to this day. I thought it was so weird, and I, I guess this should have been – the first sign that we were going to get an absolute train wreck. When Daniel Bryan said he was going to be in the Rumble, right? I remember this specifically. I remember Daniel? on oh, the yeah. Raw, they did a Bray versus Bryan. No build. And Bray beat. They just, Bray, Bray beat they just did it. it. It wasn't just that. It wasn't the fact that, they just, that he just beat him yeah. clean. They did the match. No build. No story. Like, Raw just came on, and it was like, we're going to do Bray versus Bryan. It was like an hour one, too. It wasn't mm-hmm. like the main event I think, or anything. I remember the episode. I, no, you're right. I think it was a, it was the first match. I remember, I remember it. I think they did a promo, 
probably setting up because that was the year the triple threat at the Rumble with Lesnar, Rollins, and Cena. I'm not saying yeah. I remember this 100%, but if I'm going to guess, they probably did a promo, right, around that. And then when they came back from commercial, that was the match. Yeah, that was it. They just they just I, totally I, for free. Don't no hold bill. me to that 100%. Don't hold me to that 100%. Right. But I can't, there's part of me that kind of feels that's how that went down. Right. They they did that, and then Bray just beat Brian clean. And yep. I remember watching that at the time, and I was like, huh, okay. I didn't, I didn't, I, I mean, I thought it was weird, but I didn't think it was that weird. So then we got the rumble, and people got to remember, people remember that Brian got eliminated early, but it was Bray yep. that eliminated him. So they gave the actually, heat. It was actually Bray and Rusev. That's what gets lost in that. Rusev right, was involved were so in that pissed. as well. I think, right. I think so, if I remember right, I think Brian was hanging on the on the apron, and I think it was Rusev that hit the kick <coughs> that eliminated. I, I remember. I, I, I remember Bray was celebrating after Brian got eliminated, so they I, they may have intended to give the heat to Bray. But the only reason I'm bringing it up is. At the time, like, we get it, and everybody can win. Someone's got to lose. At the time, they sacrificed the momentum of Ambrose, and they sacrificed the momentum of Brian, and they gave it to Bray. And at the idea at that time was, well, they're not pushing Brian, they're not pushing Ambrose, but they're pushing Bray. And then Bray did the one he, – he did a feud with Taker – it was totally one-sided because in the build, Taker never right. showed up. It was which it was really fine. weird because again, which right. is fine though because again you were playing off that mystery of what Taker was coming off the right. loss at Mania. Again, no problem with that. No problem. You need to you, you no problem with that. None. You know. Right. So they did that, and the idea was going into that Mania. There was two ideas. The first idea was, well, since, they're, since they sacrificed Brian and Ambrose to give Bray heat, they're clearly building towards something. And since Taker's streak was no more, because I'm, I'm going back to 2015 because many fans right. felt this way, and you know this was a logical uh, assumption, fans felt that since the streak was broken, technically at this point, Losing is not a big deal anymore. Like you lost, so it doesn't matter. Like your streak is done. Because, yeah, so but the, here's the, the thing, and 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 I agree with that logic. That Taker losing at Mania is not a big deal anymore, as long as it would have been to the right person the second time. But here's the thing, and I, I said this then, and I got fought tooth and nail on it. But there was, and I, I've always said this: there was no way in hell. He was losing at 31. There was no way he was losing. Right. Well, what hurt? Not what hurt. What what hurt multiple people involved was, um, one. I love outside venues, but Taker and Bray, their entrances are just cooler inside a stadium. Being outside it, hurt it their entrances that, that year. It it you did it in California. You weren't getting dark. The pro- you got to right. remember, WrestleMania, you know, that went on second to last. If I had a guess, again, I'm just guesstimating. Don't think I'm trying to 
you know, be factual here if I'm wrong. But that match probably went on at 10 o'clock our time, which is still 7 o'clock on a, in, a, in the spring in, Los, in California. Like, you're not like getting sunset for them. at that time. You're, not, you're barely right. getting it. So what, what hurt all it. parties, right, so what hurt all parties involved was they did all that, sac- they sacrificed Ambrose and Bryan for Bray just for Bray to lose. Um, so that hurt Bray. Many people, now I never viewed Bray as this because I've gone on record to say that Bray reminds me more of Raven than Taker. But the, putting my own beliefs aside, most fans view Bray as the next Taker. So if, if, if you're trying to tell this new generation he's your next Taker and then he loses to Taker, he's dead. Yep. That's yeah. it. And then not only did he lose to Taker, he also lost to Taker and Kane at Survivor Series. And then what that's also where gets it lost, is. That's right, where that's, the that's problem the, is. Right. Right. And then what also hurt Taker, uh, and this is the last thing I'll say on Taker, what also hurt him is I said this. I said this, I said this to Jay, and Jay, we always butted heads, and, and Jay was absolutely convinced he was telling me to calm down. Because he was on my. Because normally Jay disagrees with everything I say, and and Jay was telling me to calm down because he was convinced. Because you know he's friends with Road Dog, and he was convinced what was going to happen. And I told Jay, I said, Jay, the most awkward thing about WrestleMania 19, other than the unusual buy rate, which we can't give an answer for, is that WrestleMania 19 will forever be the only show in WWE history, from a historian standpoint where you look at this card and you look at it and you say, huh, so The Rock and Shawn Michaels were part of the same company at the same time and never fought each other? Huh, I wonder why that never happened. You know, a younger fan is going to look at that and be like, wow, I always thought The Rock and Shawn Michaels were from two different eras, which they were, but they never fought each other. I don't like your father, kid, and I didn't like you when you came in. And HBK <laughs> doesn't lay down for anybody. Praise so it was God. Very, <laughs> so it was very awkward. And I told picture Jay, I said, Jay. Th- picture getting those two in a room. All right, pal. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have Shawn <laughs> Michaels versus The Rock at WrestleMania. No, we're nothing, man, because I ain't doing it. Well, let me tell you something, Shawn Michaels. The Rock doesn't lay down for anybody anymore. And in about five, six years, I'm going to forget where I came from. So unless I'm going over, screw your candy ass. Screw you, kid. I fucked your mother. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that was so that Crazy was an awkward God. thing for 19. <laughs> and then I told Jay the awkward part about Mania 31 is it's going to be stupid because we're going to have a WrestleMania that's going to have Taker and Sting on the same show. And they're not fighting each other. And then yeah, Jay you, you was gotta like, remember "Dude, something about that. You got to remember, and everybody involved has confirmed this happened. When Triple H shook Sting's hand and hugged him, he told him, "If you want it, you got it next year." No one counted on Sting getting hurt. It, that match I, I still makes was, no sense, by the way. Sorry, Aaron. Sorry, Aaron. No, You're like a brother to me, but it, it, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. It doesn't, well, it doesn't make sense that Triple H went over. I get the fact you want to do the guy who, okay, 
you want to say was the face of WWE during that Monday Night War era, that's a big stretch. But he's the only one that you probably have left that could have done it. Versus the face of WCW, okay, and you're not doing Taker yet? Okay, I get the match, okay? I get it. Why the fuck is Triple H going over? It made no sense. His his explanation, because and again, I'm, I'm lightening up. I'm lightening promo, up on Triple H, he, but his explanation he had made no sense because he said three hours later uh, with The Rock and Ronda Rousey, you could have done that. Still, yeah, you could have done that. That, that made no sense. To, Triple H needed to beat Sting to make that promo work. Come on. Yeah, that Rock and that made H, no sense. Rock death. and Triple H worked no matter what Triple H did an hour earlier. At the end of the day. It becomes a whole different universe, a whole different dynamic when they are together. So if Triple H would have lost the Sting, as, you know, and I, you know, you could have cut that promo, especially as far later down the road as they did, that people mm-hmm. would have been saying, "Wow, Triple H got beat by Sting and then got owned by The Rock and then got bitch slapped by Ronda Rousey." People would have been saying, "Holy shit, Triple H got onboard by Ronda it, Rousey." It was it <clears> wasn't <throat> even that. Like what what got me is what got me is he was in the ring wearing a suit as if the yeah. match never even fucking happened. That's what like, that, we've that's seen like, this that's, before. That, that's the point I'm trying to get. That exactly you just yeah. said that was the point I was exactly trying to get to. He could have lost to Sting because what happened after he didn't even mention. Ha ha ha! I beat Sting. Ha ha! I'm the man. Like. He wasn't even like gloating, arrogant Triple H that you would expect him to be after that match. You know, like, ha, 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 yeah. shut down the... Uh, one you know, of, like, he could have cut well, that photo the, being a heel. It, yeah, yeah one, of one, the like, small, one, one of the small things in wrestling I like is, we, we see it a lot, a lot of promotions do this, is that um, um, somebody will have a match earlier in the night, so they're done for the night, and then we'll see them, like, in a backstage segment, and it's like, they're still wearing their gear or like yeah. they're wearing gym clothes or they're wearing gym clothes, like a, like a, a t-shirt, like with like shorts or something. Cause it creates the illusion that there is a lock. Or, or, or at least they mentioned the fact that they just had the match. Right. You know, like that was just like, even if, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. was like the last like, time they, triple H, that was the last time tr- triple H like really just went you know, out. Of you, way know to just, you know what it was? You know what it was? That was the beginning of bipolar personality Triple H that we had for a yeah. couple of years, where he was yeah. corporate Triple H, then he was NXT Triple H, but he's heel Triple H building his WrestleMania match with whoever, Rollins, whoever. But yet, you know, we are NXT, you know. And, and like, to piggyback, like, and, who, and to piggyback, that's why, and that's why, in my opinion, that's why Cody and Triple H don't get along because Cody's the exact same. He's the exact same. He's bipolar, just like Triple H is. He's a face. Yeah. He's a heel. He's a tweener. He's just like him. He, and he's got the same. He's got the wife. He's got Brandy, who's the heel authority figure. So that. I, so since his wife is a heel, that should make him a heel. So then but he comes out one, as though. a face. She's, she's a she's a heel in the ring, but yet when she's whatever the fuck her t- her title is. You know, right. CBO, whatever the fuck they're calling her. She's, you know, oh, it's all about growing the company and 
and diversity and inclusion and all this shit, but yet she's paired up with Awesome Kong, and, you know, she's this arrogant, cocky, needs to get hers heel in the ring. It's like, what are you? Right, you know? so just as a, as, a, as a comparison, like, I love Cody's match with Goldust, but, like, that was just classic Triple H. He comes out as as the face, but then in the match, Brandy cheats, making him the heel. He makes his brother bleed. He does heel tactics. So he's wrestling the match as a heel. Yeah. Goldust or, the, or Dustin's the, wrestling the, as a face. Cody beats and him, and then he cuts the promo and, saying he loves him, so he's a face. Then... When they go backstage uh, he, and when they do the interviews with, with Cody, some, Brandy, and Tony. Somewhere in St. Louis, Todd Rick just had an aneurysm because we're talking shit about Cody. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then they go in the back where it's Cody, Brandy, and Tony, and he's a face. Then, like, the week after, he's throwing shade at Bailey for some reason, and now all of a sudden he's a heel. And oh, it's the same Dusty thing. Like him more than him. Right, right. So Cody and Triple H are very <laughs> similar, where it's like they can't make up their mind. And what they need to do is pick a role and just stick with it. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a heel yeah. or if it's a face. I liked it when Cody first joined the Elite, and it was like Omega was cool, the Bucks were cool, Marty was cool. But when Cody came out, the fans were like, fuck you. I like that dynamic. It was like the one dude you know, from the Elite. You know, you're talking about, you know, you're talking about Cody and Triple H comparisons, and I don't know if you realize it, but you just made another Cody Triple H comparison, one that you are particularly big on with Triple H. Do you realize what it Which is? Which is that, yeah, there's always smokes and mirrors in their match. It's never a straight up match. Nope. It's always besides storytelling. That, no, besides that, and I'm glad you said that because I mentioned, I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago that I need a Cody mm-hmm. match that is remembered for the match itself and not something yeah. else. And people thought I was fucking, like, mm. Lucifer or something. No. What Cody is did, and it's true, Triple H has done it as well. And it's just, But it's just another mm-hmm. comparison. And it's part of my knock on Cody, to be honest with you. Cody found something cool and latched onto it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as much I, as Triple I, H, but yeah, I, I see, I see that comparison. He hasn't done it Cody, as much as Cody Triple time. H. Give Cody time. Oh, before we'll Cody's see. The fourth we'll member see. of the Jungle Express. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. The the one thing that I will say about Triple H is consistently, because AEW still, I can't believe we're saying this. It's still we're still in the honeymoon phase. The actual startup has not started yet. So when AEW TV starts and they're on the road every week, and when we start to see who's getting over, who's getting booed, when we start to see who the hottest acts are, then we'll, we'll really see where mm-hmm. Cody goes in that regard. But I've said this for years. Aaron always dances around it. Triple H consistently attached himself to whatever the hottest thing yeah. was, even if it made no sense in the story. The, the two-man power trip being the number one obvious one, and out well, of nowhere suddenly feuding the with CM power Punk. Trip, though, before he blew the, the, the knee out, was supposed to lead mm. to him turning face and, you know, feuding with Austin. Because remember, Austin accidentally cost, quote-unquote, accidentally cost him the IC title 
versus Kane at Judgment Day the night before. And I think yeah. the storyline was going to be that Austin was going to blame Triple H for losing the tag title. So they were, at least with the power trip, they were headed somewhere, and they were headed somewhere mm. in a different version. The pow- Okay, that's right. fine. The power trip stuff was fine. You know, it, it, you're right, though. There's been a lot of other things. Punk, um, you know, the Shield, but I kind of get what he did for the Shield. Like, he, you know, if you really think about mm. it, the Evolution Shield feud was... I don't think Triple H really got anything out of that. I think it was more about the Shield guys, which is, you know, giving yeah. a rub to them, which was fine. But you're right. Like, how many times have we talked about it? The Punk match in 2011 never made any sense. Never. Yeah. And then the other one that was always weird to me, in some cases, it almost came off to me as if, like, he was trying to prove something. Like, some people think I'm reaching with this one, but I don't think it's a reach at all. Maybe in retrospect, fans don't think it makes – fans say – people have told me I'm reaching with this, but I never thought it was a reach. What Which I thought one? was weird was Shawn Michaels fought Taker twice at Mania, and then immediately after that, Triple H fought Mania. He fought, he fought Taker twice at Mania. John, Brock Lesnar comes back, Cena fights Lesnar, and in the very next match Lesnar has – Triple H. It was almost as if like, here, he was trying to say, the thing, whatever the they could Lesnar. do, I no, could no, do no, better. No, no, no. Here's the thing with Lesnar. you got to remember back in 2012, the original idea was they were only going to have him for a year. So they wanted to get these matches out of the way. It obviously made sense to do Lesnar-Cena. Triple H-Lesnar was a match people were hoping to see at like WrestleMania 21. Everyone thought that was going to be the match, and then Lesnar bolted. The problem with what makes the Triple H Lesnar feud bad, and I know they tried to fix it right away, was the fact that, and I, I believe if they had known they had Lesnar for more time, it would have been done differently, was the fact that Lesnar lost to Triple H at WrestleMania 29, and then they just rushed back to Extreme Rules and had Lesnar mm-hmm. beat Triple H in that cage match. That, But I think that was part of, you know, okay, well, because he, he signed a one-year deal, a very specific date-orientated one-year deal in 2012. Okay, well, we only got him for whatever it is, 25 days. We might as well just get the most out of him money-wise that we can get, you know. And then all of a sudden, right before WrestleMania 29, well, maybe I'll stick around for another year or two. Wait, you are? Yeah, well, fuck, we already have this plan in place for Mania. You know, shit. But all right, we'll try to make it up at Extreme Rules. And then, you know, I can't really get the Lesnar thing. Ah, Chris, I don't even know if I'm with you on Undertaker. I I think... Well, what what I'm trying to say with Taker... I totally went off kilter. No, let me, hang on. I get what you're saying because I think they delivered it wrong. Triple H taker at 27 would have been fine if Triple H would have made it only about the fact that you retired my best friend. I'm coming to kick your ass because of it. The problem right, is and that's not what they, they made did. that story about they made that story about 
well, there's nobody in that locker room who can compete with me, so I might as well just yeah. only face you. And then, yeah, like, you know. That buried the I whole roster that's right what there. Make, I th- yeah, and I think because of that, that mm-hmm. makes those two matches. Because if you think about it, one of the last images from that match at 27 is Taker on the ground, and even though he lost, Triple H walking out. So I, I get and the fact. And then the punk stuff, he beat, he beat Punk. And then he beat Punk, and then after he beat Punk, he went back to being an authority figure. I, I remember that from the Cabana you know podcast where Cabana that, said that. Mm-hmm. Him and Punk actually teamed up and put over Awesome Truth. That's why, that's why, more so than anything else, that's why I think Awesome Truth, because there were also rumors they were going to get the tag off. I think they were going to be Rock and Cena at, at what you call it, right, Survivor then, Series. Because you're going to tell me. Then, right, then Truth got in trouble. Got probably that changed that. You're going to tell me yeah. that Truth and Miz beat Triple H and Punk and it wasn't like Triple H and Punk didn't get along and they had a miscommunication. They were they brought them together and it was an actual tag team match. So they beat them. You're gonna tell me they couldn't beat two guys who were going to main event WrestleMania and were trying to one up each other on a mishap? I'm sorry, you can't tell me that not you, but you can't t- people can't tell me that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But the, ma- the but, um, what was it? The Night of Champions match in 2011. That's the one that it's like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. You know, and I know they tried well, to dress it up with. I know they tried to dress it up with all this interference and all that and the other thing. But at the end of the day, it wasn't. I could almost live with it. Like if Miz hit Punk with like a metal pipe, and then Triple H is kind of like not knowing, rolled over and pinned him. The problem is they had all that running with Miz and Austin and our truth. And then Triple H still gets up and makes it a point to fucking pedigree punk. Yeah. You didn't that was need just to do weird. that. It was you know, a weird, weird, weird time. But uh you know, but anyway, I, uh getting off kilter, <laughs> the the main point I was trying to make is is that um today, because this is Tuesday, um Bray should attack Taker. And yeah. if that doesn't happen, I'm going to light up social media because if th- if this happens, um, it's time for Taker to give back. It's time to truly uh, – rev- I mean, Ray's already but revived the, himself. The, the, pro- but, the, pro- the you problem know. is, though, I've never <clears throat> once heard Taker say no. You go to I don't Taker know about that, man. Not, not in this last – Taker's got his heat stories, too. He's not immune to it. For whatever reason, he said, fuck you, to DDP. And DDP is one of the nicest guys in the business. You want to hear a negative story about that. I'm talking about this end of his, realistically, end of his run, these last four or five years. I don't, there, I mean, I don't, there hasn't been anything that if you ask Taker to do, he wouldn't do. (laughs) You know? The story that I heard is that he said no to Sting. That's the story. We haven't got a confirmation, but that's what's been going around no, I for can't a few see years. That. I can't see. I've heard that's always been Vince. I've never heard that Taker said no. I've never heard that. I've never well, heard that that Taker said I'm no. I'm just saying. I hope. 
I'm just saying, I, 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 I just hope this doesn't end. You would, you, you would think Taker would have went over Sting as much as, it, you know, I mean, I'm, I was just as big a Sting guy as I was anybody else growing up. But at the end of the day, under a WWE banner, I would totally realistically expect Taker to go over Sting. Oh, it was you never know, about that. It was just, it was about yeah. just fans just wanted to see the promos. They wanted, wanted the moment, the yeah. they wanted to see the entrance. They wanted to see the. They wanted to see the pageantry. Yeah. Right. That was that was pretty much it. Like it's not even. Now. I'm going like, to tell you. I'm going to tell day. you this right now. And I don't. I don't go down. I haven't gone down this road in the year, year and a half that they've been doing this. But I'm going to tell you something right now, because I've seen this here and there been popping up the last like two months, and it's just loony enough under the circumstances that's being set under to happen, if they pull this match off in Saudi Arabia, fuck them. Oof. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that, that everybody, and Sting's going to be at that SmackDown premiere. So is Taker. I mean, yeah. there's only so many times you could avoid having these two have some sort of interaction, and then that's I know what the I want. Like, if you're not that, gonna do the, if you're not gonna do the match, like at least do a segment or something, like yes. where they just run into each other backstage, or like we've yep. seen segments like this before. There's there's two that come to mind that I still remember. One is a, is an obscure segment. One segment in my mind was that weird year. When Triple H was on SmackDown, I remember. I don't know if he was WWE Champion at the time. He was on SmackDown. He was he walking down was. the hallway. The, the lights went out and the lights came back on, and then Taker was right in front of him. Yeah. And fans popped. And it was like the first time we saw Triple H and Taker really face to face in years because Taker was on SmackDown. Like once he got directed to SmackDown, he stayed there. He never came to yeah. all. So it was the first time that we saw Triple H and Taker face-to-face mm-hmm. probably, like, since 2002 or 2003. This would have been, like, 2008 like, yeah, or 2009. So, right, right. So that was a cool segment. And then I remember, yeah. even though Mania 27 was garbage, uh, everyone remembers The Rock was a host, and then Steve Austin was the him guest and Austin referee. Ran into, for, him and Austin yeah, ran they into, just ran into each other. Right, right. It wasn't a match or anything. It was was maybe 15, 20 seconds, and it was, you know, okay, cool. And I don't understand. You know, okay. Yeah, I I understand. Why can't they do that with Taker and Sting? Yeah. You know, they could at least do that. Like, I don't know exactly what show, but it would have to be like Rumble, Mania, or some type of show where a lot of legends are there. But, like, at the very least, you could at least just give us a visual. Like, the fans deserve that much. Just give us a segment that just has Sting and Taker in mm-hmm. the ring at the same time or in or a backstage segment, just something. And it's like they haven't even done that. So it's like, no. what? It's weird. Part, it's really part of me weird. thinks they're scared that they know, like, the minute that happens, that's what everybody's going to want, and it's going to overshadow everything else that's going Everything but else? I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think, I guess. I, I just – I, I've seen it. I saw it a couple times, and I was like, and then I started reading about it, and I was like, Ooh. and then I saw Sting did an interview, and he's another one who says he probably could pull off one more match, but it would only be he could. Taker. Yeah, so yeah, he could. Like, that's just what he's okay. doing. He's that's that's what he's yeah. doing. He's saving everything he's got, and I know yeah, for so a fact like, okay, that so he's still working. Okay, so Sting could do it. Yeah, so it's like yeah. okay, Sting could do it. 
Taker mm. could do it. You know, they're going to be on the SmackDown Fox premiere together. And then, oh, by the way, the Saudi show's like six weeks later, and they love promoting that shit so far fucking in advance. And, and, and here's what you, and here's uh, you, what you what? do. Because since, since the streak is over, here's what you do now. Because, I mean, the streak was, was a big allure of the match, but it wasn't just mm-hmm. about the streak because fans wanted this match back in the 90s, even before the streak was even established. Yeah. So since yeah. the streak is over, the big appeal you do now is that you do it at a mania, the stipulation being you call it a double retirement match where mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who's going to win or who's going to lose. It's going to be the last match of Sting ever, the last match of Taker ever. So it's that's not a if you match, lose, you retire. That's the type of match that you could have Triple H almost kind of – I mean, not Triple H. You could have Undertaker cut that Triple H promo from 2011. I've done it all. I faced them all. I beat them all except you. Right. And, and, since, I, and you, you're all that's left, and I'm and let's pretty, do it. That's it. Right. And then if you if you advertise it as a double retirement match, since both are are done, regardless, and that truly has to be the end. Like it's got to be the end. Well, I already know Sting is ready. He's just saving up for he's saving yeah. up what he has left for Taker. But for Taker. This really has to be it. Like, after this, no, no more. You know who it has That's to really it. be it for? You know who it really has to be it for? It really has to be it for Vince. Yeah. That's what it, I, yeah. I believe there's been multiple times where Taker has been like, I'm done. And then Mark Henry said it. Vince gets on that phone, and it's like, you can't say no to him. And that is what... Yeah. That's what it, it needs to be. I think if Taker, maybe not after 30, but maybe after the Roman match, even Survivor Series, when, you know, with the Wyatt stuff, you kind of got, like, the way that match was presented with the 25 years and the retrospective of all his different, different looks and personas and all that stuff, and the way he kind of just stood there after that match, I think if Taker would, I think if if Taker would have walked away then, if he could have, I think he would have. I think the Roman match yeah. definitely, and I just think because Taker has always said, or it's been always said about Taker that he doesn't want an official like retirement. He just wants it to be that, you know, when you expect him to come back, he doesn't. You know. Mm. And, you know, that's what it needs to be. But it's Vince needs to let him go. That's that's the big part of it. I don't think it's Taker constantly saying, oh, I, I got to work Mania this year. Or, oh, I, I got to work that Saudi show. Or I got to show up and, and, you know, tag with Roman Reigns at Extreme, whatever it was, Extreme, whatever. I think it's, hey, Mark, Vince here. So listen, I have this idea. <laughs> And sure, you're going to make $350 million on it, but, you know, what do you say? 19 minutes with, uh, you know, whoever, you know, teaming with Roman. And yeah. Dane and Drew McIntyre and, you know, all that stuff. And well, 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 hopefully, uh, uh, I need hopefully, your help. Because <laughs> the, 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 the process that I have 
the thought process I have in my head is that at some point the fiend is going to attack someone, and that person he's going to attack is is going to be ready to defend himself, and it will lead to a match. And with Taker yeah. appearing tonight, and one of the first people that they announced for the live edition of SmackDown is Sting, which is weird because it sounds like this just sounds yeah. so weird and so surreal to say Sting has never been on a SmackDown ever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, um, you know, I get the so, fact, okay, you, you're gonna you're gonna roll out as many big names as possible, but Sting has never been on SmackDown. There's gotta be another fucking reason. Yeah. So between Taker, Sting, and The Fiend. Of the three, and if, and if someone's going to call out one, one of the other three. And let me tell you something. And if you don't want to have Taker go over or Sting go over, you know how you end that match? Wyatt lays both of them out. Yeah, you could do that. You could even do a triple threat. That would be good marketing. Yeah, yeah but Wyatt that, would that have to win. Wyatt would have yeah, to win. Yeah, of course. Has no issue yeah. putting people over. Yeah, but yeah, but the problem is you you that would be so bad that you know what you know what a triple threat with Sting the Wyatt with Sting Wyatt and Taker would be it would be getting the girl that you've been dying to get together with and you get her to your bedroom you get her in your bed you take you, you got her shirt off, you got her bra off, you got her pants off, and right when you go for the fucking pan, and she tells you, "Now nah, I got my period." That's what a triple threat <laughs> would be. It would be the ultimate fucking tease. Like no, like no, you gotta do if you're gonna do sting taker, you gotta do it one on one. Even if you do it for three fucking minutes, and then fucking all hell breaks loose. You know, I I don't know who could be the people to do it, but even if you do it. For a few minutes, and then guys run out, and then next thing you know, you got Sting and Taker together, fighting together. Even if you did that, that's okay, you know, because you'd still have them together. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just I, I, you can't do a triple threat. That would just be like, yeah, no, you know, right? You know, and, well, and the fact that she uh... works you up, she puts the condom on you, and then tells you, no, I got my period. That that's what a triple threat with Sting and Taker and Wyatt would be. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so another <laughs> uh, part of news that I have here. Um, actually, oh, can I, I actually have a, real the, quick? Uh, the Can I say something real quick? Because it's been a while since we've been on, and the last hmm. time we were on, you guys were kind of bringing me back, and I have to, I I want to say this publicly. Thank you, CM Punk, for the interview at Starcast. That's the CM Punk I fell in love with as a fan all those years ago. He wasn't bitter. He wasn't angry. He wasn't resentful. My God, that interview was such a fucking joy to watch and listen to. And, you know, just just thank you for finally getting to that place. And... You know, not being that guy from the Colt Cabana podcast. Agreed. And and because of that, I can honestly say, I'm back on. Nice. I'm sure one day he'll be in the Hall of Fame. 
Not anytime soon, but one day. But he said it. He said it. He said, I would not not talk to them. He said it. Mm-hmm. He did say it. He's like, I would, he's like, I would not, you know, you know, and. Right, right. You know, it wasn't. Yeah, he he wasn't bitter. He wasn't angry. He wasn't wrong, um, or out of you know a little out of his mind. It, he was actually a pleasure to listen to. And you know, he talked. You know, I mean, listen, he he has how he feels about things. That's fine. But this was a million times better a listen than the Cabana podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so so some other news I have. I actually have the episode titled off of this, and I should have mentioned this at the beginning, just to spread awareness to fans. So the first two weeks of NXT, they're going to be doing this thing where from uh, the first hour will be on USA, and then the second hour will be on the WWE Network. But then on the same week that AEW TV debuts, that's when the full two hours will be on USA. So to any yeah, so people we, out there who will be watching NXT on why, USA. Right? Hmm? Oh, I actually don't know. Why, I was right? just. Okay, hmm. here's the reason why. It's very simple. Suits is, that show Suits on USA, mm-hmm. they're down to their final couple of episodes. And they're on Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock. I think they have, like, three episodes left. Um, so they'll have tomorrow oh, okay. night, the 18th, and the 25th is the finale. So that's mm-hmm. why they're doing it. Because they, they, okay. couldn't, they right. weren't going to move suits around. And I, I think USA was operating on the idea at first that, okay, we'll start October 2nd. And WWE was like, no, we want to start on the 18th. And that's when they came up with the split, the um, – the split broadcast idea, but from what I've been told, the big stuff is happening in the first hour on USA. Okay. All right, so that said, uh, I got two other uh, big news pieces. This one just leaked uh, earlier today, counter uh, counter uh, counter agenda is alive and well, and a big fuck you so uh, we all know that January 4th and January 5th, New Japan is going to be in the Tokyo Dome. Well, normally what happens mm-hmm. is on January 5th when they do the New Year's Dash, it's in Corican Hall. New Japan often does a lot of their smaller shows in Corican Hall. Well, as it turns out, um, Pro Wrestling Noah, the competition for New Japan, they're going to be running Corican Hall on January 5th. <laughs> so it's like if you guys aren't going to do Corican we're going to do Corican. Not really a big deal here in America, but that's Noah, kind of a Noah's fuck you. Noah's going into there? Noah's yeah, going Noah, in Noah's there? Going, yeah, Noah's going on there on January 5th. So that's a big deal in Japan because Noah and New Japan, they, Noah does his own thing. New Japan does his own thing. They, they run in their own venues. So this is like the first time in a long time that Noah's directly doing a show in a venue that New Japan does their shows in. So basically the point I'm trying to make is that for many years, Noah has been sort of like comfortable and content. They're that kid that stays on their side of the playground, if that makes sense. Now they're like, fuck you. 
You're not using this swing. I'm taking your swing. You're not using this toy box. I'm taking your toy box. They're getting a little bold now. So that's interesting in Japan because, and I mean this respectfully, of course, because I have to always word this carefully, they're more conservative over there. You know, they're not really all about competition like we are here in the West. So anyway, that's interesting. And in some other New Japan, well, this is, this is kind of like indirect New Japan news. I saw you and Todd talk about this. Uh, and some positive news, it looks like Anthem has absorbed Access TV. And uh, Access TV, yep. they currently show WOW, which is uh, Women of Wrestling, and they show the New Japan highlights. So, obviously, since Anthem's going to absorb uh, Access, that mean, that's good news for Impact, because I've been hearing great things about Impact the past few months, but there's, like, no buzz, mainly because it comes on Pursuit. Nobody has Pursuit. And... So being on Access, which is a, a bigger channel, more folks are going to be exposed to them. But another thing that we don't have any details to is since New Japan does their shows on Access, is that, does that mean that they're going to do some type of a, a arrangement with Impact? Like are we going to see like New Japan and Impact work together? We don't really have an answer there. This is kind of an unconfirmed rumor. We, we don't have like apps. We don't have like 100% certainty of this confirmation, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's true. The other rumor that I heard last week is that basically going forward, and, and we're not going to see this, if this rumor is true, we're not going to see it until AEW TV takes off. But the general understanding that I have is that Impact Wrestling is very quietly going to be like developmental for AEW, which is why uh, Emma, I'm, I'm going to keep calling her Emma out of habit, because she hasn't been anywhere else long mm-hmm. enough for me to call her, I'm just joking, I'll call her Tanil Dashwood. So Tanil Dashwood was with Impact Wrestling, and she's also part of AEW. She was part of Battle Royale, and it was weird because she's not it's part like, of why AEW. are you part of she was just in the, she, she was just there for the Battle Royale. She was, right, right. She was not there for on the, the Battle Royale. Yeah. yeah, she's yeah, not that, on the that, roster that, yet. That. Yeah, she's not on the roster yet, but there's rumors going on that they're going to have like a little silent agreement where every now and then Impact Wrestlers can, you know, make appearances on AEW. All i got to say about that is this. Like I said, I've heard good things about, like, being 100% serious. Like, I've heard good things, and I don't want to come off like an asshole or anything. I've been hearing good things about Impact for about a year now. I've heard that they've really turned a lot of stuff around. The problem is, is that there's just no buzz. It's that old thing, you know, the tree as a whole. And Mm. it's... It's mind-boggling to see this report last week, especially what happened yesterday. Get your shit together and take care of your people. They're still behind paying people for merch sales. Like, how the fuck yeah, yeah. is this shit still? How is this still going on? How are you behind? I have no clue who's in charge people? anymore. Do we? Do we but even know who's in charge? I don't even know who's in charge of the anthem. decision. It's Anthem. Oh, Anthem. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's that guy. Who was the guy that fucking, you know, fought with the Hardys over the Broken Universe? Who's that fucking, who's that guy? Oh, oh. Oh, and Nordham. I know who you're talking Nordham, about. whatever. Yeah. Get your fucking people paid. Okay? Enough with this shit. This is Dixie Carter's shit. This is fucking, you know, Panda Energy shit. This is Jeff Jarrett's shit. How the fuck are yeah, you behind I'm paying talent? I'm I'm confused okay. too because and again my my Impact Wrestling lore uh, is rusty is rusty. The I heard a story 
like, this is the, I mean, I, I could be wrong. The story that I heard was that whatever name you made for yourself and impact, you can carry it elsewhere. That's how EC3 is still EC3 in WWE, right? But LAX, the new LAX, they're part of AEW, but they're not LAX anymore. So did they the problem, go back they on that were, rule? They weren't. Yeah but, yeah, but the difference is they weren't LAX. LAX was always an impact TNA entity. Because remember, you had Hernandez and Homicide and Conan. Right. Right, right. You know, okay. and then, oh, yeah. So all they, did, all they did was basically, it would be like if, you know, if WWE decided to put somebody in the Goldust and Stardust gimmicks. They oh, so like the they gimmicks. just sort of passed them. So they so they passed the mantle to them, but they they okay. I got you. Okay, all right. That's what okay. it was. They, yeah, because remember they had that mini. Maybe you don't, but they had a mini feud with the original LAX with Eddie King. Yeah, I remember that. He brought in Homicide. It was because yeah, it was like who was the real LAX? I think even part yeah, of yeah. the loss of the feud was like the the match for the rights to the name. So. You know, I even though the, Santana uh, and Ortiz were LAX, mm-hmm. they they weren't LAX. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know the uh, the venue name. It was the venue they did uh, uh, whatever show it was. The one where uh, what was on the card? I saw it briefly. It was um, it was the card where Pentagon fought um, Sammy Cal Pentagon. Pentagon fought Sammy, I think. Uh, was it Bound for Impact Glory? Rest- it may have been Bound for Glory. It was Bound for Glory or Sunniversary. It was a really nice venue in Canada. It's like a casino or something then like it was, that. It wasn't really Bound nice for venue. Glory. It wasn't Bound for okay. Glory. Bound for Glory was in Queens, New York. I know uh, I know that was to show Brian I, I Cage won the exhibition title. Thing. Hang on. Hang on a second. I will give Impact one credit for one thing, though. Mm-hmm. They do a good job. Like, that Melrose Ballroom in Queens where they did Bound for Glory and they did, like, a shitload of TV afterwards, mm-hmm. that's a fucking tiny place. It just is, okay? But to their credit, they did a good job of actually making it look bigger than what it actually yeah. really is. Like, yeah, I've they're, been they're to that very. Place. They, they've always that place been very good small, at that. That's man. But they did a good they've job always been of very, like, yeah, know, they're very good at that. A More place companies that holds maybe need to humble themselves. People, they made it look like yeah. it's, it's holding twenty five hundred. They they did they it, it, have it, done it, it, with some of these smaller places that they take mm-hmm. that. They've done a good job of making them seem bigger than what they right. are. And I don't want to come up as a negative Nancy. I don't want to come up as a negative Nancy, but I'm just going to be real. Like this is this is this is the story I heard. I don't. Rem- I'm trying to remember the the show it was. All I really remember was this was a show where Brian Cage won the X Division title. I don't remember who he beat. Brian beat somebody for the X Division championship, but it was a nice looking casino looking venue, and it's somewhere in Canada. It's a very nice venue. But what the point I'm trying to make is, Impact went there and. They did good numbers. I don't think they sold out the venue, but as you just said, they did good numbers. Ring of Honor went to that same venue, and it wasn't even half full. Cool. So Ring of Honor, when Impact, I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, if they if they lose, apparently, then I know we're jumping all over the place. 
Yeah. Apparently, they're not going to lose Taven. Apparently, they're talking, and they think they're going to be able to keep Taven. If they lose Marty, and supposedly, I don't know, I don't think Brody King's up, but apparently PCO is kind of not too far behind Marty as far as his contract mm-hmm. is. They lose him and, and Marty, and it's not, this isn't about where Marty's going to go. But if they lose them, I'm sorry. I... I I'd be worried. Mar- Marty's the guy. That... Another big, another big thing they got to worry about. A lot of fans don't know this. This may not mean much to, to non-casual uh, Ring of Honor viewers. Uh, Ring of Honor, their big show of the year is Final Battle, and Final yep. Battle in New York the City. name is their final show. And Final Battle is always in the, well, not always, but in recent years. It's in, it's, it's in New it's, York it's City. It's in Hammerstein. Hammerstein, Hammerstein, and that Terminal Five which they're kind of the right. same thing. Right. Well, this year it's been confirmed they're not going to be in, in Hammerstein. And the reason they're not in Hammerstein is because they're just not drawing well enough. People yeah. people aren't going. And Hammerstein yeah. is really expensive. And because it's expensive, I'm, you know, I get it. Because it's expensive. You're not going to run fans... a show to lose money. Yeah, You're not going to run right. a show to lose right. money either. Yeah. So the fact that they're not doing Final Battle there. That's just that's yeah, a telling sign right Terminal there. Terminal Five. They've also done it in Terminal Five. If they do it in Terminal Five, then it's kind of business as usual. But if they don't do it right. in Terminal Five, then it's like, all right, you know, you're fucked. But they they are in they are in trouble, man. They are. I mean, yeah. I don't. Need, I can't even tell you other than the Briscoes and like the Bouncers who the fucking tag teams are. And I mean, I know you got villain enterprises that they could have PCO and Brody King, you know, together. And I guess you could get somebody out of that lifeblood. But I didn't even think that's kind of losing its steam. Did it, when was did the last um, Juice? I think, uh, I think Flip. Did, did, doesn't, doesn't Flip's contract expire in, like, 2020 or something? He signed for two years. He, but I think he's later. Or he might be the he, – he, he's probably coming up in the next – you want to call it a year just for ar- just for argument's sake? It could be yeah. a little shorter. Could be- yeah, because I remember they were making fun of him on BTE when he signed. Like what? Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember that. So, you know, yeah, Flip. Let's just say for argument's sake, has a year. Flip's definitely going to AEW. I, I can't see Flip going anywhere yeah. else. It's mm-hmm. Mar- Marty's the one that, if I'm Ring of Honor, <coughs> just. Just tell him what he wants to hear. I think Marty wants to hear one thing from Ring of Honor. More so than money, more so than term. We're going to make you the guy. I think if ROH tells Marty that, I think Marty stays. But if ROH doesn't tell Marty that, and for whatever reason they've been like so whatever to put the belt on him, again, this isn't about where's, where's Marty going to go, but I'll tell you where Marty's not going to go, and that's back to ROH. Yeah, yeah. Ring of Honor, they have been, um, they've been notorious for, uh, I guess you could say, you know, John gave his analogy about the girl in the period. Um, (laughs) An analogy that I would give would be, at some point, we've all talked to a girl that's like a tease. You know, she flirts with you, sends you uh, flirtatious text messages looks at you a little longer than she should, basically kind of gives you the idea that, 
hey, and you then, know what? And then tells you she I has pursued it. <laughs> right, 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 right. She gives you the idea that, like, you know, if, if you asked her out, she would say yes or something. And then, you know, you gather your courage and you ask her out, and then she tells you I have a boyfriend. And it's like, what the fuck? What? Oh, that, Why are you flirting with me this whole time? Good. You know, so Ring of Honor, they've done this. They've done this with, like, three people. And to this day, we still don't have an actual explanation. They did it with, um, fuck, what was his name? Um, they did it with, with, uh, with Kenny King once, which is why Kenny went from place to place to place. They're doing it with Marty now. But the one that they're the most notorious for doing it, and I love this guy, um, Jim Cornette, I love you to death, and I know most people give you shit because they say you're stuck in the 80s. But Jim, I'm going to call you out here, Jim, because Jim, Jim, you were part of Ring of Honor, and I can confirm from multiple sources that this guy, Jim, to those who don't know, Jim didn't like Kevin Steen, and he didn't yeah, like, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, he didn't like Tommaso Ciampa. And they... Fucked with Champa. I remember this. This is when like I was first really getting into Ring of Honor. Champa was like television title. He he was like a he had been a TV champion like three times, um, mm-hmm. and he was at that point where every time he came out, fans were throwing like a moderate amount of streamers. I've always liked the streamer concept. By the way, it's a good way to see who's over, and because like if you're really mm-hmm. over. They they throw streams like it's New Year's Eve or something, like when AJ or yep. Okada or somebody showed up. And then, like, like, if you're getting over, it's like a moderate amount of streams where it, it might take, like, a minute to clean up the ring. Then, like, if you're not over or if they don't know you yet, you know, you don't get any you streamers. Get nothing. I've always liked – right. I've always liked the streamer concept. It's a really great visual way to see who's over. I know casuals see it, and they're like, it's annoying. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But I, I, I like the visual because if you don't know who's who, that's how you can tell who's over. Because if the fans yep. are throwing streamers, then you know, oh, okay, this guy's over. I should pay attention something, to this guy. Yeah, I might see him yeah, in WWE something. one day or, or something. Uh, yeah. But Ciampa was over. He was like a, uh, yep. he was a former two-time champion. Jay Lethal beat him. Jay beat him, and uh, he beat him by turning heel because Truth gave him the book. I think it was like a ref bump. Yep. Uh, Truth uh, Martini Truth, gave Jay Truth, the book. Truth Mar- good old Truth Martini. <laughs> <laughs> he gave he gave Jay the book, and then Jay turned heel, and then they gave Tommaso like this cool psycho character that Tommaso was yep. really into. NXT hasn't really gone into it yet, not truly. They'll get to it, I, I guess, when he comes to, back. Uh, this version, but yeah, they probably Tampa. won't. Yeah, let's see what happens when he comes back. But the version, right, yeah, of Tampa, yeah, we'll see. We'll see NXT when he comes back, had, right? I, right. I don't think you but would they, have really needed to delve into the Sicilian psychopath. Right, right. So they did this thing where, like, they were pushing Champa, and every time it then seemed like hurt. they were going to give Champa a push. Like, like Champa blew his knee out. That, I mean, that's the one thing, you know. Yeah, Jim Cornette yeah. hated, I mean, hated with a capital H, Kevin Steen. Fat motherfucker! You know, <laughs> the way Jim Cornette would call him. And uh, my wrestling impressions are on point today. Um, yeah, yeah, you're really good on point. And yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, but I think Chomp. I think what hurt Chompa was remember that was during that period where Chompa blew his knee out like twice in like I think like eighteen yeah. months. And 
I think they got a little gun because I, if I remember right, I think he made it to the semifinals of the world when they had to do the world title tournament. Um, yeah, I think he lost to Cole in the semis because Elgin beat Steen in the semis, and uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure Champa lost to Cole in the semis. So, <clears throat> you know, they gave him a nice run in that tournament, but I, I, I think it's I agree for whatever reason Jim Cornette hates Kevin Kevin Steen. You know, yeah, Ring of Honor has this thing. They, they they have this thing where they just they dig people around. Uh, guy, they're, they're... I'm going to give you another guy who, when you think back and don't think about what he's doing now, because obviously now you would tell me I'm crazy. You know, this is what drives mm. me crazy when I talk to KME. Like he, but look, think back when Mike Bennett was there, and they were doing yeah. the Champion of Love. Thing. Kind of like what his WWE gimmick is based on, but remember he had a belt and everything. Yeah, and he had why, a custom belt. Wouldn't it have made sense, even though he would have gotten murdered? Why would you not put him in? Because he was going around telling, tell, calling himself like the the real world champion. Because he he's a world mm-hmm. champion. Alum. Why wouldn't you have put him in the ring with Jay Briscoe? Even if you would have had Briscoe, because it was right when Briscoe was champion. Yeah. I mean, you could, you know, he's a, you know. I mean, it's not to the extent of Ciampa and, you know, whatever, you know, but, you know, he's another guy and to, that. And, and to, the like of, to, uh, to, and to, to the credit of, to the credit of, 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 of. They're, they're they're too far in their own they're 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 too far in, in their own head sometimes. They they fucked around a lot of people. That's why like I don't I don't really have like it's really unfortunate it really is but like I really don't have much sympathy for them because they let so many of their folks go. I, I get that not everybody can be a world champion, but there were so many dudes they had that were at the very least it was like give them a run with the TV title, and they didn't even do that. Like they didn't give ACH a run, they didn't give Cedric a run. They didn't give um, they didn't give Dalton Castle the run when he when he was over. They waited until he got injury. I mean, I'm sorry to say this. Yeah. Dalton's great. He's amazing. I don't think Dalton. I don't he, think. Yeah, but you see, Dalton's the one. I don't think he was ever really world title now over. I don't. I I I don't. I never saw that with Dalton. You could I you could you could, ar- you could argue that he didn't need the title because he was so over because he was one of those characters. You know, Dalton was a character. Maybe that's it. Maybe so. maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm I was too maybe I'm too mm. whatever to the character of them. But I'm sorry, but Dalton Castle they they waited too long to pull the whatever trigger the, the metaphorical trigger. They waited too long to pull it for Dalton. You can agree on that though, right? Because they waited until the they they put the belt on him when the buzz wasn't there. Not just on him, but the company in general. They should have. If you're going to do something with him, you should have did it yeah, when more folks were watching. On him, they also put the belt on him. And yeah, and and maybe it comes back to exactly that what you're saying, but. I feel like they put the belt on him at the most what-the-fuck time ever almost because Cody and Lethal, I think, were feuding over the title. And then for some reason, Dalton got involved in the match. It ended up being, I think Cody and Lethal were supposed to face off again. And then somehow Castle ended up in the match. And that's where Castle won the title. It was like, and I remember I I kept saying it for like a month or so after it happened. I even kept asking you, 
why did Dalton win the title there? Yeah, I don't even have an answer for I, you. I, I, um, and most recently, you know, and then, they did this thing where, uh, where where Flip turned heel. And when I heard he turned heel, at first, when I heard that, like, okay, because we've, we've all done this before. We've all been guilty of this. It's one thing to to read a result, but when you read something and uh, yeah, when you don't watch I, it, I it's a, a different that, context. I have a, friend that's the, I have a friend that when they used to tape SmackDown, every yeah. Tuesday night would text me. SmackDown looks like shit. I'm like, well, why don't you watch it? Well, no, right, because some you stuff know, need to see you know, it. Right, Bill you need to get a o visual from, first. Bill O from Indiana said this segment was stupid. I'm like, well, why don't you fucking watch <laughs> it yourself? That, you know, that's my whole like thing with these people. You know, oh, I'll bet you Raw was terrible. Did you watch Raw? No, but I watched <laughs> right. it eight months ago. Okay, well, why don't you watch it tonight? <laughs> Yeah, you know, like that's uh, the one thing with me, like everyone gets on me for being so down on AEW, but you know what? I'm watching it, and I'm right, at exactly. least I'm forming my opinions on that. I'm not just sitting there saying, "Oh, nine oh five Saturday night, August thirty first. I'll bet you all out garbage." JCD, are you <laughs> watching it? No. Well, watch it and give it a chance. You know. Yeah. What What, what pissed fuck, me off was I saw that my uh, friend Mark said it was bad. <laughs> I saw that uh, that flip turned, and I was like, okay. Then I actually uh, went in, uh, went on my old Ring of Honor account, which I still have because it remembered my email, and I checked out the last episode. Um, not only did flip turn, he turned in a segment that involved bully, and I'm like, That's wait a minute, was wasn't he beating with it. bully for if like a year? It, if you look at it from a sense of, okay, flip turned and joined up with Marty. If you know the backstory, you know that makes sense. They were the two guys left behind. So, yeah. you know what? They should get together. And you know what? We have to do this ourselves. I can buy into that. Okay, I get it. Maybe they're not explaining it that way, but I get it. It makes sense. I, I see it. Exactly what you said, though. You did it in a segment that involved Bully. That's the just classic Russo. The only way you should have done that is if you would have had, if you were going to do that, then if that was the case, you should have had Flip join Bully and not Villain Enterprises. Like the ultimate yeah. fuck you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. not, you know, okay, he turns, Bully's there, and then, oh, by the way, he's with Marty. It's, it's like, what? You know, but don't tell Bully that because, you know, then he'll tell you just, you know, just go out there and be a good little fan. <laughs> yeah, that's just very strange and bizarre. I don't really I've have anything to, there. I, speaking of Bully, I've spoken to my friend that works at Busted Open, and he's told me, not not today, but recently, he said his ego is getting out of control, that he's... He's literally starting to think there's, like, there's one which thing, is very surprising. One thing, which is very surprising. Yeah, coming that it's him, but he said it. And if you listen to him, if you ever listen to that show, and you listen when he's the co-host, he is he's starting to come off that way. He's starting to come off that. I can I can, you I have can tell you that because there's his, one thing there's stupid. one thing that he shrugged off in his interviews, which to me is a red flag. I've seen this. Dude, I've seen him do it in like three interviews, and that's fine because every person can have their own opinion. I, there's like two interviews I saw him do 
where uh, the, where it was well, the first one was him and Devon. Um, what's the guy's name? RF Video. You know the RF Video guy, the one that does like the. Oh, Rob Feinstein. I don't want to be mean. Right, right, right. Feinstein. He did one with he did one with Rob, and then he did like a second interview. I think he was on like uh, Booker's podcast because you know Booker okay. has a podcast too. And yeah. the two things he did on both he did it on both of the interviews, and I thought this was a red flag. They were talking about tag team wrestling, and mm-hmm. at some point the Road Warriors or the Legion of Doom was brought up and yep. they they openly asked him, like, so do you guys think that the Dudleys were better than the Road Warriors? And it's not that he said yes, but in both interviews when he was asked about the Legion of Doom, he just shrugged them off like they weren't a big a deal and he would just say no tag team is more accomplished than the Dudleys. Now I want to make something clear. Yeah, we had this conversation the other night in the PWP group. That's what he hides behind. The fact that they have, you know, whatever it is, like 30 something tag title reigns. Yeah. You know, because I love the Dudleys too. I love the Dudleys too, but it's called yeah. the LOD pop for a reason. The LOD pop is it's, like an it's, actual It's not term. even that. It's not even that. It's you. You want to sit there and say you're the most accomplished tag team of all time? Okay, let's break these reins down. And he, here's what pisses me off. And I, I, you know, I enjoyed the Dudleys back in the day. I love the fact that Bully, who's from Queens could walk into the Elks Lodge on Queens Boulevard and make the entire borough want to murder him. Okay? Um, yeah. You know, I, I've, I've had interactions with him at ECW shows, and then he was a great fucking guy. I've called up to bust it open. I've spoken to him. We've talked about ECW shows I've been to, uh, you know, which w- wasn't the point of my call. And, you know, whatever, but there's a part of him, and I guess it's that old veteran mentality, is you lose a sense of reality. And we were talking about this the other night. Who's the greatest tag team of all time? And, you know, you'll get the people that say, oh, well, it's got to be the Dudleys because they have 30-something tag team reigns. And I said it straight out. I said, so you're telling me. The Dudleys are a better tag team than, let's say, Arn and Tully. Because maybe Arn and Tully had, I don't know, let's say five tag team title reigns. Whatever. I'm just, whatever. Right. If you're going by that mentality, that's what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think. I mean, if, if I was to make a, if I was to make a top ten list, they would definitely be on there. For a variety of reasons, but to yeah. be the best, but to be the best of all time, no. no. But oh, they're definitely we on we the best. We were talking about the Bucks. We were talking about right. the Bucks yeah, and yeah. where the Bucks will fall. And I, and Todd, it was Todd. Todd asked me if I thought they would be top ten. I said yes. I said I would even have the conversation with you about top five. And then I forget who. Oh was yeah, they're they're on top said, five easily. Yeah. Yeah. And then someone said, "Well, what? Where do you, we were talking about something?" And that's how the Dudleys came up. And I was like, there's no way the Dudleys are the greatest tag team of all time only because they have 30-something fucking tag team title runs. 
How many mm-hmm. bullshit TNA tag team title runs are on that list? There's a big fucking chunk of them, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, they have a bullshit WCW title reign or two right. under their belt. Like, you want to you talk about, quote-unquote, accomplishments? You're not going to like the, the way the conversation goes because I think, that title reign was I bullshit. Think of, that title reign was I think of, And then here's I, the other thing, too. I, I, I think the most positive something. you can give the Dudleys is of all the tag teams, that have ever existed because of their history, they've probably fought more teams than any other teams because they fought ECW teams. They fought WWE teams. They fought WCW teams. They fought TNA teams. And in the Indies, right, New Japan. So they probably faced more tag teams. They probably, my my legacy to them is that they, they are probably. The, the 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 only living because many have passed away unfortunately of all the living legend tag teams they probably have faced more variety of tag teams than That's any fine. living That's tag fine. team I'll give them that and this is not yeah. a this is not a the Dudleys are shit conversation it's oh yeah of course you cannot come right. to me and tell me the Dudleys are the greatest tag team of all time only because well they've got thirty two you know, title lines. If that's the case, Booker T is probably the greatest singles wrestler of all time because God knows how many single title runs he's had. Yeah. You know, how many WCW TV title, WCW US title, a handful of WWF US titles. I think he had an IC title. And then his, you know, his world title runs. That's basically Mm -hmm. what you're saying. Or, you know, with with that mentality. There are other reasons to bring the Dudleys to the table you can't bring the title situation to me because you know what? Give me the LOD in this era when belts are hot-shotted the way they are back and forth. Give me all right, no the in this area. Right. Give me the Heart yeah. Foundation in this era when the belts are being hot-shotted. And I guarantee you, okay, that these guys will, you know, be right up there, you know, with God knows how many title runs. Because they're getting the belt three times in six months versus one six-month mm. title run. You know, that, that's, you know, what, what are we talking mm. here? And to you be know. fair, and to be fair, you know, and I've, I've gone on record and I've said this before. They flip the <laughs> titles all the time in the later half of the Attitude Era. But during that time... Wrestling was just so hot. The business was just good. Everybody was over. And the fans at the time, they That's just didn't was. care. They just, they <laughs> just didn't care. But like if you did that today. If have the belt, then the Hardys would beat Edge and Christian. And then Edge and Christian would right. beat the Hardys again. But the Dudleys were waiting for Edge and Christian. And then the APA, right. was, you know what I'm saying? Like you had enough teams where even though the belts probably changed hands five times in six months, you were mm-hmm. going through the progression of where but, they should go next. Edging and that the type Hardys, of storytelling the, just showed you that wrestling in general was just must-watch back then because fans just yeah. tuned in each week to see who was going to win the belts next. So, like, just yep. during that time, like, those fans just didn't care because wrestling was over. But if you do and that you never, now... You, and you didn't grunt and groan about a tag team title change on Raw. 
because the, the APA beat Edge and Christian on Raw. Holy shit, Monster Pop. The Dudleys beat the APA on SmackDown. Holy shit, you know, whatever. The Outlaws win right. the titles from the – I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? Okay, cool. Right. You know, that makes – you know, there's – Because I've said you know, this year that the, the, the U.S. title uh, right now on, on the main roster, the U.S. title, you know, people thought I was joking when I said this on Twitter. The U.S. title right now, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a little solid since AJ's won it, but for most of this year – this U.S. title has had an Attitude Era booking. It's all over the place. Joe was champ. Then Ray was champ. Then Knock was champ. Then so-and-so was champ. Then Ricochet's champ. Then AJ's champ again. And they were, they were doing it back and forth when uh, AJ yeah. and Owens were trading it back and forth as well. The U.S. title has been yep. going back and forth, back and forth. I was at that show two years ago. Right, right. I was at that show yeah, two years yeah. ago. And it was literally, I was talking to my friend, and then... AJ hits the forearm and he goes to pin Owens and we were talking and then we heard this bell ring and we were like, did AJ just fucking win the ti- like did AJ just fucking win the title? You know, it was crazy. Yeah. They they've been they've been given this US title attitude era booking and fans aren't liking that because since they keep flipping it back and forth, it's like nothing can get built. And it's like, Yeah, that's true, but it was like this in the attitude era, but no one gave it yeah. shit. But that's just because yeah. wrestling was just but so you know hot what it was? back then. You know what it was? The teams at the time were built, so right. It was yeah. like it wasn't yeah. t- it wasn't A B C and D. It was one A, one B, one C, one D. Yeah, like you had your core of like five teams that it didn't, and it made sense because it played into the whole. On any given night, anybody could beat anybody, and with all those teams being on the same level, it was believable. Like, okay, you know what? The Dudleys caught the Hardys tonight. That makes sense. Edge and Christian finally got the belts back from the APA. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that's not the exact title history, but you get you get what I'm saying. You know, the outcome. Yeah, yeah, I got you. You know, beat, you know, whoever. It was like, okay, you know, you never grunted and groaned about it because these guys were already built, and these were just teams that it makes sense that I could beat you tonight. You could beat me tonight. We can beat so-and-so tonight. Like, it made, it made a little more sense because it was like, okay, I want, I'm okay with all six of these teams having title runs. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was okay because of that. While you, when you look at the list, and let's go back to that A.J. Owens thing. When you really look at the list of guys who have held the U.S. title in that span, it's actually been a pretty good List of names. The problem yeah, just, and the difference is no one's been able to establish not, anything with the belt. The problem is, yeah. is that exactly no one is maybe Ricochet, but no one's really been mm-hmm. come out of it better than what they were before they went in. No one's gone lower. What they what they Rusev what they need maybe with Rusev, the U.S. title, but. But like, no one, no one. It, what they need with the U.S. title, we need the best use of this I've ever seen. We need, we need an MVP. We need the U.S. Open. MVP. When MVP okay. was the best use because MVP was a free agent, and when they when they built up MVP, they made a big deal about him. They still gave a shit about the draft at the time. Raw wanted him. SmackDown wanted him. 
they made it feel like this is a guy we should care yeah. about. They gave him an elaborate entrance. They made him stand out from what he was mm-hmm. dressed, how he came out. And yep. when he won the U.S. title, it, he made the belt appear coveted, as if this was a belt and, you wanted. I look at MVP's and you know what else reign gets lost in, as, in as, that? As, you know what else gets yeah, but you know what mm-hmm. else gets lost in that? Look at how he won it. He beat yeah. at the time. At the time, he beat Chris Benoit, who, let's mm. be honest, was was Chris Benoit, and he beat him in two straight falls. So not only did he win the title, right. he won it in such a way that was like, wow, like okay, it solidified him. Like you don't, it solidified you, don't beat, him. you don't beat Chris Benoit in two straight falls. You don't do that right. in a best out of three MVP's run with the U.S. title is essentially what any guy in NXT would want. It's what a Velveteen yes. Dream, a Matt Riddle, a Johnny Gargano, it's what every guy in NXT should just salivate over. And they only got that. They've only done really, in my opinion, it, it would be difficult to, to, to make like a top five list because WWE really hasn't done much with the title since its inception. But if I had to give you five people, obviously Cena, Benoit, MVP, and after that you kind of have to reach. I'll put Rusev on there because when Rusev was U.S. champ, he was a monster. He was killing people. He killed Swagger. He killed Henry. He killed Show. And then he lost to Cena. The open challenge was great. The problem with the open challenge was it's like, okay, where's this going? And fans forget that it ended with him losing to Dario, which was so – it was a shock, but the idea was Cena was challenging people, and that wasn't people that challenging yeah, that, him. That, that was not the gist of the U.S. Open Challenge. I mean, right, right. That was the, the point. Was, it was supposed people to we be, didn't know he, were challenging he him. <laughs> he should have lost the title to an Owens type when they were doing right. it. That that's right. The that's whole point was he like, was someone he should was, have showed up. And right caught him off guard, and, and you know, I, I, I don't agree with it, but I'm sure there will be people that will tell you, well, that's what Del Rio did, you know, but fuck Del Rio. <laughs> you know, you little pedo. Um, what's your <laughs> point? You know, I'm on point today, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, that wasn't the point of it. If he would have lost the title to an Owens or, you know, somebody else who they were bringing in and bringing up at the time, you know, to you know, to play off the fact that, you know, the open challenge and it caught up to him finally, because that's what the story was turning into. It was turning into eventually. It was because he was doing it pretty much every week. The story was yeah. turning into sooner or later, Cena's going to get caught. Caught and on a I, bad day, bad night. Yeah, yeah, by someone he's not expecting, and I get it. That if you want to technically technicality me to death. Yes, that is exactly what happened with with Del Rio. Del Rio was unexpected. He caught him. But then after that, it was just right back to status quo. It's not even that. The problem is it was Del Rio. You know, and Mm -hmm. I know they were trying something different with, you know, with Zeb with him. Yeah. Yeah, like, but that wasn't the guy, but that was the story, if that makes any sense. 
Mm-hmm. That shouldn't have been the guy, but that was the right way to tell the story. And, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it's just like it, it didn't need to be Del Rio. But that, yeah, they need, you know, they need something. And I like the fact that AJ feuded with Ricochet. I like the fact that AJ's heading it, and we'll wrap up in a few minutes. AJ's feuding with Cedric. And it's good. You're using a guy like AJ Styles, and he's working with these guys. And they're getting better positioned because of it. And that's fine. That's what the belt should be about. And then eventually, I don't think it will be Sunday, but if AJ eventually loses the title to a Cedric or, you know, I don't think he would lose it back to Ricochet, but whatever, it will mean more too, you know. And then what I would you do hope is, that uh, that guy takes I would, off. I would pull a Taz, you know, where Taz just, you know, when Angle just lost to Taz on Taz's debut. I would have uh-huh. AJ uh, have the title for the rest of the year, and then at Rumble, you just have AJ just call out anybody, and then have, uh, even though I'm not a fan of his, have Gargano come out, and then have Gargano be the one that beats him, or somebody. The problem is, like, you know, from what I heard, from what I heard, you're really not going to get call-ups anymore with NXT. I uh, heard they're going to, I sent this in last week. I don't know why the guys haven't posted it yet. We'll end on this. There's going to be a draft October 11th and the 14th are supposedly the dates, the Friday night and a Monday, where they're going to draft, and all three brands are going to be represented, which I'm really interested to see who goes to, who goes to NXT. I'm really interested mm-hmm. in that. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're treating NXT like it's a third brand. They're not treating it like developmental. And Triple H kind of alluded to it like, you know – don't I mean you might see a guy move here and there, but don't expect the mad influx of you know call ups the way they used to be. They'll use the drafts to get people onto Raw or SmackDown. And there's there's one person who I really feel terrible for about this, and that's Shayna, because Shayna has literally done everything you can do down there. There is nothing left except putting somebody over and leaving. And the problem is, unless she gets drafted, maybe she gets drafted somewhere. But if she doesn't, I feel terrible for Shayna. I I just think she's going to be rolling her tires in the mud in NXT. And that, you know, she's just, it's time. It's time for Shayna to go somewhere else and hopefully. I know they have a number one contenders match booked for the 18th. Maybe the match happens. You get that match on the second. Shayna loses. And then on the 11th or the 14th, she gets drafted to Raw SmackDown. Yeah, I can see that happening. And I agree. She's done everything you could possibly do down there. Um, Um, My last pitch, I I have uh, one last pitch. I talked about this with uh, you, I think, uh, last week, um, I see uh, – I'll try to turn a negative into a positive. You know, they paired up recently Sami Zayn with Nakamura. It's, you know, it's just really an example of throwing stuff at the wall, see what sticks. Let's see where it goes. Um, yeah. The yeah. idea that I have for it is that Zayn is going to help Nak get 
moreover. And at some point, here's what I would do is it would get to the point where, you know, knock, let's just be, let's just spitball here. Let's just hope that things go well. Let's just hope this angle works. Say that at some mm-hmm. point Sammy starts interfering to help Nakamura win. And then go, the fans not, really not, start getting want, into the angle. Yeah, so, re, so real quick to paraphrase, you, eventually it's going to turn to a point where you're going to want Nakamura to kick Sammy's head off. Right, 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 right. right. So, but the, the thing about it is it's easy to book this on paper, but it's impossible to tell um, how fans are going to react. So we don't know. Like, So, it, for instance, it could be a situation where, for instance, say – Knock starts to get super over to the point where he feels like he doesn't need Sammy anymore, and he treats Sammy like shit, which would then establish Sammy as the face, a sympathetic face, I, I and Knock is the heel. Or it could be the Sammy. other way around. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, like, I, I think, can't. It all depends on how fans react to this, because like the best example of this well, is the whole legacy thing. Because when they booked legacy on paper, well, yeah. it was like yeah. we're gonna have Orton what, what, because what on, I, on paper. What I think, yeah, no, you're on. right about legacy, but what I think. No, okay, I'll, you said hang on. What's up? Well, I, I was just saying that, like, the main point I'm trying to make is it really just depends on how the fans react to it. And this is one of those angles where we can't really tell. I can't tell you how fans are going to react to this angle three months from now. It could be over. It could be dead in the water. Or it could be 50-50. I think this is one of those angles where it's going to go depending on how the fans react to it. So if they start cheering. what's going to help this angle mm, is the fact that Sammy can be super douchey and super annoying. And I think – Sammy will get to a fact, a point where, if he's not already, where he just wants someone to knock Sammy's fucking head off, you know? So that's what I think helps, where, you know, I don't, I can't picture a scenario where Sammy would end up being the guy who gets turned on to to become a face. I can't see it. I could see, right. like... Nakamura keeps winning, and even though Sammy's not doing it, Sammy could be like, you're only winning because of me. And then eventually when Nakamura loses the title, not only will it be Sammy's fault, Sammy will turn around and he'll berate Nakamura, and they'll do the typical thing where he slaps him, and then that's when Nakamura will snap and, you know, whatever. And, right, you know, and, and here's where right, I, I like your idea. And here's where we can turn this into a double positive, and, and I'll end on this, right? So, you know, at some point, we do your idea where Sammy's like, your knock is getting over. Say, 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 mm-hmm. say he gets like a Batista thing. Cause the Batista thing was just very organic and natural yeah. and fans just went with it. Right. Don't listen to so say people, this starts working. Me. Right, right, right. So say this works and then knock gets over. And then we go with the whole Sammy's winning because it was knock is winning because Sammy's helping what they pull that card. So then we start to see tension. And then at some point, Knock loses the belt um, because Sammy either directly or indirectly cost him the match. And I don't mm-hmm. know what kind of match this would be. I would imagine in, in my perfect world, this would be a multi-man match, either a triple threat or a fatal four-way. And regardless of what kind of match it is, I want Nakamura to lose the belt to Elias. So then after 
Elias takes the belt, we have Knock and Zane have a breakdown, you know, where, you know, Knock is like, you cost me and, you know, you used me and stuff like that. And so what we're going to do for Sammy is Sammy's going to have like a, an epiphany promo where he's going to cut an epiphany. Uh, he's going to cut a promo and he's going to be like, I had an epiphany. I've been on the main roster for X amount of years and I still haven't gotten this, this, this metaphorical, you know, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call it? Like the thing on your back, the shoulder on your back. Like it's like something's weighing you down or something. Yeah, I can't get this chip off my shoulder. And then you have Sammy say, for many years, I thought it was my on again, off again, you know, friendship with Owens. But then Sammy realizes the chip is the NXT championship. I wanted to win it, but in order for me to get that, I had to beat Nakamura in his debut, and I lost. That was my last match at NXT. I never went back to NXT. I lost oh, I like because that. Nakamura like beat that. me. So then like Sammy Dick, says, Dick in, in order for me to get back match. on track. Hmm? They quietly have been referencing that. They've been referencing right. the fact that Sammy didn't win the title. But they've, re- they've referenced that match as a point of the relationship between the two of them. I like where you're going right. with that. So then Sammy can say, in order for me to get this chip off my shoulder, in order for me. So Sammy can say the reason why he's been so unsuccessful is that even though he's been he on the roster. He never got over the Nakamura loss. Right. He never got over it. And he says, so in order for me to truly move on, I have to do the one thing I've never done. I have to beat Nock. And ideally, if you keep this story going, this could be your angle Benoit of Mania, where it's just a straight-up match at Mania, no title, no title implications, just a straight-up match between two dudes where Nock is just like, you screwed me, so I'm going to beat you at Mania. And then Sammy's like, I got to beat you so I can get this chip off my shoulder so I can finally move on. I like that story. And what's different, That's a good Right, That's and what's a great different way this to tell time that is, story. Right, and then this time, Sammy's a heel, because when they had their match at NXT, they were both faces, but this time, mm-hmm. Knock would sort of be like the heel turn face, and Sammy would be the heel. So, uh, earlier I mentioned that Elias would, would win somehow, based off either a triple threat or fatal four-way. Somehow have Elias be Intercontinental Champion, and I already told this idea to John. Here's what you do. Either by accident or by design, we've gone through two manias in a row where Elias has had some type of encounter with John Cena. At WrestleMania oh, last year. I see where year, you're going. Yeah, right. I at see where you're going. Year, right, everybody knows where I'm going. At Mania last year, Cena challenged Taker, and then Elias came out and trolled him. They had a scuffle. Cena gave him the AA. That was it. And Mania this year, Elias had a performance. Cena trolled him. So the first year, Elias trolled Cena. Second year, Cena trolled uh, Elias. So they're one up each other. So we've got two Manias in a row, either by accident or design. I think it's by accident. But hey, make it work. Pete Rose and Kane had a story. Kane and Pete Rose had a story where they did it for three Manias in a row. So here's what I suggest you have Elias. My God, that's not <laughs> I mean, Pete Rose. I don't know the names. So here's what oh, you do. You, you have Elias uh, You have Elias defend his title against whoever. I don't care. He defends his title at uh, Fastlane and whatever. Whatever, whatever your pay-per-views are, you have him. You, you, he's the champion. 
He goes into WrestleMania seemingly with no opponent. And what you do is you have Elias troll Cena, where he's just making references and innuendos to Cena, just like Cena was doing at the Taker. And the whole point of it is we don't know if Cena's going to come challenge him. At Messamania. But then, even if like Cena this. does show up, which Cena will it be? Will it be the Thugonomic Cena again? Or will it be C Nation Cena? Or will it be some new version of Cena Hollywood we haven't seen Cena. yet? Like Hollywood Cena, you know, he's not as. Hollywood, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And, right. And the big draw of the match that I told John that would sell this, because people are like, well, John Cena versus Elias sounds like a match on Raw. I agree it does. So you've got to add some oomph to it. Again, yep. Elias is the Intercontinental Champion. That's the one belt Cena's never won. He's never won that title. Not once. It sounds weird because people assume, wait yep. a minute, didn't he win that? Nope, he never did. Nope. He won a WWE Championship, World Heavyweight Championship, U.S. Champion. Never won the Intercontinental. So he's not a Triple Crown. He's not a Grand Slam. It's the one belt on the blemish of his career. So you have Elias basically troll him and say, come on, John. I know you want this belt. You want this to add it to your legacy. You want this so that you can prove you're the best of all time. Well, you can't take this belt. You can't be the best until you win this belt. You have Elias mention guys like Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin, and you could even have him make a joke or a reference to The Rock. You know that guy you used to hate but now you're, like, cool friends with? Even he was Intercontinental Champion. How can you be the mm-hmm. best when you've never had this belt? So you challenge, you know, you do that. So the whole point is, you're, you're making this the biggest because at this point, it looks like Cena's career is really just taking off. You know, more, congrats to him. It looks like he's really just because, you know, I don't think anyone could have predicted that his career was going to go this way. I mean, he's not like a big, big, big star like Rock or Batista, but he's doing good for himself. He's doing good to the point where it's, it's looking like we're, we're, I, I don't see him. I could be wrong. I don't, I don't see him coming back winning a world title because that will require multiple I know Cena the kind of guy Cena is he's not going to be a part-time world champion you know he, I guess he could but if he did he'd have to be a heel he would have to be Hollywood Cena you know that's the route he would have to go but um on the uh, it looks like we lost John but that's what I would do do Elias and do um Cena for the Intercontinental Championship and we're going to do uh Knock and Sammy also at Mania. But those are just my two pitches to turn a negative into a positive. Uh, we went a little bit over time. We lost John. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry for going a little bit over time. But I uh, hope you guys had a good listen to uh, another episode of Unpopular. And um, right now we're just going to wait and see what's going to go on. Since we're doing the show today, we won't probably have a show on Friday. As a matter of fact, we probably won't have a show until either next week or the week after next. Probably I would say uh, next week would be a lot better. Well, we'll have more news about whatever AEW is going to do by then. Hopefully their show will have a name. Uh, I like John's idea of uh, AEW on TNT. That's a good name. So, But uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Everybody have a good week. Make sure you stay hydrated. It's September, but still pretty hot out there. And uh, everybody, make sure you just take care of yourself. Have a good day and peace.